Hey guys, Tyler coming in here at the top of the episode to let you guys know that the audio quality on this one is going to be a bit weird. Um, We had an issue with Jeff's recording, um, so I've been working for the last few days to try to salvage it. This is episode 13, our video games episode. Um, It's dropping at the same time as the 14th episode just because I had to to pull some extra stuff. So hopefully it's not too bad, but I did just want to quickly jump in with that disclaimer. Anyway... Cue the music. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Clever Kids Podcast, a weekly pop culture show where three brothers tackle all the pop culture topics that we're thinking about. Um, I'm your host, Tyler. I'm here with my co-host, Brian. Hey, everybody. And Jeff. How you guys doing? And uh, last week I called you smart, dumb, and cute. Was your I said it was your nickname. I realized when I was listening back to it during the edit, I was like, oh, smart, dumb, and cute. That's not what. What did you describe yourself as? The smart uh, one, the. I, I don't know. I said the smart one, the cute the one, funny one, and the funny one. I don't know. Strong one. There's a couple yeah. adjectives. Anyway. Anyway, so this week we're going to be talking about. Um, our favorite video games just because video games have been coming up lately and I keep telling my brothers don't talk about that because we'll do a video games episode so we're just going to do a video games episode get that out of the way so that I can stop telling them to stop talking about them um but before we do that we like to talk about what we got into this week um Brian why don't you start off do you have anything to recommend anything new that you've been watching yeah super recent as of yesterday I had a whole day uh, you know nothing going on and I had my most successful get- video game day in recent memory uh, finally beat the Kingdom Hearts uh, 3 game so wrapped up that storyline looks like they're hinting at um, you know some kind of new storyline with, with a villain that was like a small villain but I'm not going to be into it I, I literally towards the end it was it was to be completely honest with you a little bit of pulling teeth a lot of cutscenes, very little fights that are you know the fights that you were getting were inter- getting interrupted by cutscenes. So, um, and I wasn't following a lot of it. I really feel like um, if you're going to pick those games up, you know, be it for nostalgia or just because you've heard good things, they're not bad games. It's just uh, you better play the side games because I didn't, and stuff was going right over my head. There were characters popping up there in the last ten minutes that I was like, "Who the hell is that guy?" Um, <laughs> and that's and that's unfortunate because like, and Jeff's going to weigh in here. I see him already leaning into his mic. But what I'm saying is, having not played the side games, I was like, I don't recognize this person. So for him to pop up in the last 10 to 15 minutes of the third game of three over a span of like 20 years was kind of frustrating. I was just like, it didn't feel like like the game number three was tailored towards, you know, people who might not have dabbled in the side games that span multiple consoles. So it seems like it was pretty likely that people might not have you know played the side games I, I don't know it seemed kind of weird to me to like to go that route um the other thing i had to complain about before jeff started decides to start coming at me is the disney villains that played such a prominent role in game one were totally irrelevant by game three uh maleficent they even have her in game three in different cutscenes, but she plays no role in the game and that made no sense to me and to be honest with you once i realized that it was it was frustrating to me because I felt like that was one of the biggest parts of why I liked game number one was that they managed to weave these two genres or these two like different universes in together like in a way that made sense and then all of a sudden 
towards the end of game three, they're like, nope, that's complicated. We're just going to cut out this entire part of the story. I don't know. I, I was just playing it to, to be able to check that box and to be able to justify future purchases and, you know, not have a bunch of uh, non-finished games on my shelf, but uh, I'm, I'm kind of glad it's it's over. And I mean, the, the other thing that you didn't do was you didn't check out the main menu when I told you about this a year ago when you picked up the game. For those of you that haven't played the side games, they do provide a description of every single character of all of the events of every single game in the main menu Jeff, for those of you that don't want to play the game. Jeff, Jeff, should I have who to has do time that extra for homework? That? Yeah, should I have to do that extra homework? I mean, I'm if you didn't want to play the games, then yes. I mean, it's not extra homework. You chose not to play the games. You skipped out on part of the storyline. And if you want to be able to enjoy this game to its fullest, then they provided an easy way for you to catch up. Regardless, I will say that uh, Tetsuya Nomura, the guy that who created the Kingdom Hearts franchise and has created all three games, he was shipped around from project to project for years and, una- and was denied the ability to work on Kingdom Hearts 3. And then in that time, I don't know, there, there's a lot of difficulties in the creation of the game. Granted, he chose a really, really weird way of going about completing the franchise. And he, I believe, was under pressure to continue the franchise afterwards that Square Enix has said, no, we're not done with the Kingdom Hearts franchise. We want more. Uh, but granted, even by Kingdom Hearts 2, the storyline was so convoluted um, that he's just a fan of that kind of, uh, uh, I don't know, difficult to follow storyline. I mean, it's just JRPGs in general. I mean, Japanese video gaming is just a little bit more complex and spreads across all these different platforms and books and comics and all kinds of different, well, or manga, um, just to avoid any any comments about that. But um, yeah, just that's just Japanese storytelling in video gaming. It just really does get spread out like that, and it becomes really difficult to follow i gotta be honest i made it i started up kingdom hearts 3 and made it to toy story world which i think is the second world you go to and then yeah. it was just like it, it was, it was hard to stick with this. it i did it just to check the box and to know how it ends but it was frustrating and not to spend any more time on this but just to finish that point the moments at the end where it's you donald and goofy just like it was at the beginning of game one were my favorite parts my favorite moments where i was like oh man I'm feeling little waves of nostalgia where I'm like, this is why I stuck this out and like I'm grinding this at the moment because I want to see how their story ends. And for it, a lot of it to be about characters that I didn't recognize as an OG player, like I was just kind of looking at it like, man, I feel like, like you're almost like forcing me to go through all these other games on all these other consoles or to watch, I'll do my homework on it in order to enjoy the game itself. And, and that just seems like it's too big of an ask for me. I, you know, I don't know. Anyway, um, my other game, um, just to switch topics here, I, I beat Hades. I beat the Underworld DLC for Assassin's Creed Odyssey last night. Um, it looks like they rolled out one more DLC, which is um, going back to Elysium to face Poseidon in a new storyline with Poseidon, which is cool. But last night I spent uh, probably an hour and a half trying to figure out how to beat Hades, and that was... Uh, so are you actually fight. fighting the gods? Yeah, You're I actually fought Hades one-on-one, and it was hella hard. And, like, last night, I literally put the controller down in frustration, sat there for a few minutes just kind of scrolling through my phone trying to relax because I was, like, getting triggered, and then kind of thought through the strategy and came back in and won it on my last attempt before I was going to shut it down for the night. And I beat him and, and ended the Underworld DLC. But those fights are great. It was a, it felt like such an accomplishment to win that fight. I, I, I've said over and over, Assassin's Creed Odyssey is my favorite. Obviously, I'm a big... 
you know, literature guy and classic you know, mythology stuff. So it, it's really fun for me to, you know, I, I think it's fun just for the playable or playability factor, but um, I think it's a complete package game. So you're going to hear me talk about it a lot today. Jeff. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I've been spending most of my free time plugging away at uh, Rhythm of War, the the sixteen hundred page novel. Um, I like that you every time you bring it up, you mention <laughs> the amount of pages, the, the the incredible reading experience, the greatest uh, book ever written. Um, that isn't fifteen hundred pages; it's sixteen hundred pages. But uh, yeah, I uh, so I've been. I mean, I spend a uh, little time playing video games with some friends. I have done Grand Theft Auto, killed Brian a couple times yesterday. Um, that was a blast. I kind of want to play again today. It was fun. Um, I'm down. But uh, yeah, I, I, other than that, you know, you know, it's completely slipped <laughs> under my radar and that we have not discussed yet, which I was surprised. Uh, his Dark Materials is back, season two, episode one and two are out. Yes. And, and I had no idea. I watched both episodes yesterday and was like, how did I miss this? I've watched episode one. I haven't watched episode two. That show, I was way more excited for that show than in like the first couple episodes of season one than I was at the end of season one. It just didn't, I guess, maybe because I didn't read Philip Pullman's novels. I didn't, it didn't grab me as much. But, I mean, I think it's good. I'm giving it a shot. I'm giving season two a shot. But I got to be honest, if season two doesn't like, really get me get the hooks in i'm probably gonna fall off on this series yeah i mean i i wasn't super stoked with the first one I, I was, a lot of people kind of use this like a standard for game of thrones for me it just kind of fills a hole because i don't have a lot of um shows going on right now so it's an easy thing to sit down i've just like got a fantasy action drama situation yeah like high concept it's not bad yeah. it's not bad i think it's worth a watch i, I just yeah. we've just been cranking through black sales and i'm, I'm not going to spend all day talking about black sales but it's amazing go watch it um so we haven't got to it yet, but we did notice that it's on, and uh, we'll be giving it a shot as soon as we have uh, some schedule free up. Um, my wife's been out of town this weekend again, second weekend in a row, and I gotta be honest, I'm loving it. No, I'm just kidding, but I, uh, I've taken the time to do a lot of work on my motorcycle instead of like playing video games or watching anything. But last night, yesterday, I took like a nap in the middle of the day because I slept poorly, and then woke up and was up until 2 a.m. watching Star Wars Rebels and now I'm uh, on to season three of Star Wars Rebels I've made it through season one and two yesterday and honestly it's pretty good it ain't that bad so yeah I mean I've been you know plugging through that and I like it quite a lot um Ahsoka Tano shows up in season two of that show as well which uh mirrors the next topic I'm going to bring up in a second um, but yeah, I really like it. I mean, I don't have much more to say. It's just like a, it's a pretty, I mean, it's very much for kids, but there's some interesting themes that they're working with. Um, some interesting characters. Well, what they is really this again? The Star Wars Rebels? Yeah, it's their, it's, so it's the second Star Wars animated series from Dave Filoni, who is the guy that did the Clone Wars animated series. Did he do Rogue One as well? He did not know. Um, that was Gareth Evans, the guy who did Jurassic World, I think. I'm talking about um, the animated Rogue One. I believe there was an animated or Star Wars Rogues or something. Uh, I think that's a new one. It came out. out. It was before Rebels, I believe. 
Oh, uh, no, I don't think so. I don't think there was one between uh, Clone Wars and Rebels. Maybe there was. I know there's one right now that's out, but that one looks like it's straight up for, like, toddlers. I'm not, I don't know if I'm going to watch that. But, um, I mean, Rebels is not, it's not for people who are 30. I'm going to be honest. Like, I have it on in the background while I'm, like, sweeping, mopping, folding clothes. It's not, I'm not sitting there seriously plugged in but they use the the world or the universe or the galaxy of star wars really well with all the different uh, alien species and all the different um ships and they introduce inquisitors and they have some interesting star wars or uh, lightsaber fights and um i don't know it's 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 pretty cool i like it quite a lot actually i'm liking it more than i ever liked clone wars i didn't really love Clone Wars, something was always missing me, missing for me there, but I'm liking Rebels quite a lot. I think it's pretty cool. And Freddie Prince Jr. is the voice of Kanan Jarrus, so it's kind of funny to see him. Apparently, he's like a huge Star Wars nerd and was before he was on the show. And uh, when he moved into voice acting, and they he heard that they were doing the show. This is apocryphal. I heard this from some sort of comment on Reddit, I think, but. Apparently, when he heard that they were doing the show, he basically, like, badgered the studio to be able to get an audition to try to play one of the characters and then became a Jedi character. Anyway, so that's what I've been watching. I haven't really been playing anything new. Honestly, I think I might be falling off of Ghost of Tsushima. It's not necessarily... It's a great game, and it looks incredible, but the combat is so hard. It's so difficult. I, like, I spend a whole... Like, I only can play games for like you know an hour or two every now and then like that's the only time i get and when i jump into ghost of tsushima and i go to do a mission i spend the whole hour just replaying the same mission over and over and over again and then i don't beat it and then i have to go back and try to play it the next time i'm able to play a video game it's just the combat the combat is so deliberate i'm so much more into the Batman Arkham style where it's just like (laughs) just button mash the button square and triangle over and over again and just watch Batman fly around punching people in the face basically I'm way more into an easier form of gaming that is more about like watching the character do the combat than actually getting good at the combat on the controller but you hated God of War I didn't oh, hate I, I don't know why you always throw hate into everything. I just didn't. It didn't grab me. Tyler, the way why, do you, that it why grabs... do you hate everything? Can you I answer don't. that for I don't all hate listeners? anything. Why do you hate everything? I don't. And I, I didn't hate God of War. I just didn't like God of War. And I think part of the reason I didn't like God of War is because I didn't play any of the original game. I never played like the PS2 God of War game or PS3 God of War games. I didn't play any of those. So jumping into this one in Valhalla where every or in in you know wherever Norway or wherever the fuck it's set I like I just was like I don't know what's going on mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. like the gameplay is is an adjustment because yes there is that that um you know Batman style gameplay where it's just you know swinging chains around and hitting people with hammers and all kinds of shit but then at the same time any any exciting part of the game is all cutscenes, and I know that they did that so that the graphics look incredible and like it's visually enticing. But it was like any time you get into a fight that happened, and I was just like, "This is not, this isn't." I'm just, 
you know what it is? I'm not a huge gamer. I'm just very picky about the games that I like. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what it really is. Translation for everyone at home. If God of War was a baby, Tyler would punch that baby. That's true. That is true, actually. But I don't hate the baby. God of War baby puncher. It's you. That's right. I would have punched Kratos' baby. So much hate. Who ends up being Loki. This guy hates kids. Nope, I'm going to edit that pause to be way longer. <laughs> Dude, for those who know, they know. You know what I mean? Uh, all right, well, we're going to talk about, before we jump in, there's been some news this week that I really want to talk about. Um, the first major one, because Brian wasn't on the podcast when we talked about it originally, Johnny Depp being forced out of the Fantastic Beasts franchise, and he has a replacement. Brian, how do you feel about this? Yeah, uh, as a resident Harry Potter expert, as I've anointed myself before, uh, I think it's going to be a good thing, especially now seeing his replacement. I think it's going to be a good thing for the franchise. Who's uh, his replacement? Mads Mikkelsen. Mads, 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 Mads. Mikkelsen! Yeah, he's going to be awesome. I, we're, Tyler and I were talking about this the other night. Uh, honestly, he should have been the pick in the first place. Like, as soon as you see that, you're like, oh, yeah, this dude's going to bring it uh, for this role. He's so much better of a choice for the character than yeah. Johnny Depp. Not that Johnny Depp is a bad actor. I mean, I think that he's a perfectly fine actor. Actually, I, I think he's genuinely, like, a good actor when yeah. he can't be. And but he didn't, right he didn't now, damage the role or anything. He was fine. He was fine. But he just – he didn't bring anything to the role either. And I just feel like you have a character like Grindelwald who – has been hyped up throughout all the books like this kind of shadowy figure in the background like you got to have someone that's going to do something with that and it can't just be johnny depp with a bad die job and a british accent it has yeah. to be someone who's going to bring something else to it i just think mads mickelson can play sinister in a way uh, like the biggest heartbreak for me was when i saw know that mads mickelson was going to be in doctor strange and then when I saw Doctor Strange and they barely used him, I was so hurt. I was like, God damn it. Like, I, I, I like Doctor Strange quite a lot. I mean, it's just magic Iron Man. But I had to, to just misuse Mads Mikkelsen as like sort of a throwaway villain was such a like a heartbreak for me. And I just I wish that he had been cast as Grindelwald right off the bat because I think yeah. he's going to be so good. And I had a take the other night that I think bears repeating. Um, Johnny Depp felt like now that I look back. It feels like he was doing his best Mad, Mads Mikkelsen impersonation in his role I, of Grindelwald. I saw I saw a comment that said that they said his appearance was modeled, and I was like, you know what? Yeah. I, I don't hate that comment. <laughs> yeah. And the, I don't there know if you I go. fully disagree with it. Yep. And, and so for Mads Mikkelsen to step in that role, I don't think it's going to be one of those times where they recast a role and you're like, man, I'm going to have to take some getting used to. I really think we're just going to hit the ground running. And, and honestly, he brings more gravitas to that role to where – you know, I'm going to take uh, Grindelwald that much more seriously. Although, uh, you know, worth saying again, I don't think Johnny Depp was doing a bad job by any means. I don't think I had any real critiques on him. Uh, but he wasn't doing movies. a great job either. That's kind of the point. No. Is that, that character hopefully, shouldn't be fading into the background. Yeah, and hopefully uh, Mads can bring a little bit more to it and uh, kind of balance out Jude Law. Oh, them going, them acting against each other. I'm actually really excited to see that because I love Jude Law. I think he's like really talented actor. Um, but what happens when they kiss? Are you just gonna be like, oh, I'm awesome? Full. I'm gonna come. Please cut that out. That's, <laughs> that's horrible. Um, I don't want to hear this back and hear that shit. 
<laughs> so um, on on uh, not necessarily uh, Johnny Depp related, but kind of Johnny Depp tangent. Have you guys heard about the petition to remove Amber Heard from her role as Mira in Aquaman two? Is there any surprise though? I mean, no. It really like kind of talk. I don't think there is an innocent party in that whole thing, although I'm not really plugged into their situation. So, you know, if one's getting punished, like, why aren't both getting their public, the, you know, There's roles a petition taken? online to remove her that has reached 1.5 million signatures as of yesterday. That means nothing to me. Um, yeah, I don't care that much, to be honest. Honestly, Jeff, you and I talked about it on the episode where we first talked about Johnny Depp being removed. I don't really want to comment on that whole thing. It's just sort of dramatic and it's unfortunate that it's happening in such a public space because um it seems like they both were pieces of shit and yes johnny depp is being punished but that's kind of the climate that we're living in right now he's almost being made an example of and that's unfortunate but you know what sounds like he was being they were both being really bad to each other and who's to say who was being worse who's to say that i mean it i mean you're seeing a lot of people saying that she deserved to be hit or whatever because she was being violent towards him but who's to say who threw the first punch or whatever right i think that they both were being terrible and it's just an unfortunate situation for these two people to be such public figures and then to see them sort of both be on a downward spiral then again i'm totally okay with them recasting mira because she's amber heard is very nice to look at she's a very beautiful woman but she's not very good actress the I've real question we should be asking here guys is where is the petition to remove momoa because that guy can kiss my ass all right he's the... oh, are we gonna do this uh, you're gonna put tell... this on the internet <laughs> <laughs> I, want, I want my anger to be well documented uh, dude <laughs> who, who wants to tell that can i tell that story yeah, i feel like i'm gonna bring the most weight to this story i will dress this sure, thing up make it make, make it, it what it is no, right. no, 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 no. I'm editing this out. I don't want to do this. <laughs> Come on, this please. <laughs> Let no, me tell no, the story. No, no, no. All right, I'm telling no, the story. Here we no. go. I'll keep it quick. You, you, I won't. I you, won't if you're gonna, no, 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 no. If you're gonna tell this story, you have to do it in the proper context because you can't just like deliver it as an empty context and then just be like Jason Momoa was an asshole to us. No, I, I will give him all credit where credits due. <laughs> <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> so let me just get this out because there's too much hype oh, building here. God. So. Um, okay, so basically for Tyler's honeymoon, uh, bachelor party, bachelor party. Sorry, honeymoon. <laughs> I, I have no faith. I've already, I've already blown the story. I have no, no faith. For Tyler's, for Tyler's bachelor party, uh, we went to San Jose Comic Con and we went and saw Hamilton and we just kind of had a fun uh, like guys weekend, just the three of us. And for part of that, at the San Jose Comic Con, they had a photo opportunity. You could pay one hundred and fifty dollars for. To go take a photo with Jason Momoa himself, Mr. Aquaman. Pause. I need I need anybody who listens to this to know that that was not my idea. No, nope. I do Ma not give a shit about celebrities or photographs. Yeah. Our mom bought that for us, thinking that I would like it, and so I yeah. begrudgingly went along. So we were at the comic con having a good time, and we're like, "All right, cool. It looks like it's our time to go take a photo, with Jason Momoa." So we walking over, thinking maybe there'll be a small line, but. Uh, you know, we're going to get to just jump in, take a photo with him. I don't know. Maybe go grab a fucking beer with him. Seems like a cool guy, right? Anyway, we <laughs> showed up. You thought we were going to be best buds with him? <laughs> I really thought I was going to hit it off quick with him. I feel like we're kindred souls. But anyway, um, so we show up, and there's like, what, 2,000 people getting into line? And it was just chaos. And basically, we found out that the group before us hadn't even finished, and it set us way back. 
we ended up waiting an hour to even get into the official line. And then the line was a couple thousand people long. And it took us like another two hours to get through the line. And right when we're next, and Tyler's going absolutely nuclear over this <laughs> experience so far, right when we're next, they stop us and then allow him to go sign autographs at a completely different booth away from where the photo ops are taking place. And we had to stand there for another hour at the head of the line waiting for Momo to come back. So now we're like four hours into our wait. And when he comes back, he comes back with like, what, metal music? I don't even know what he was listening yeah, to. Like some some kind of heavy metal. Yeah. And he comes in, they usher us in, and they'd been telling us like, hey, like come in ready with a plan for how you want your photo to be. And I can't remember, I think our plan was to have him seem seemingly really excited and us all to be kind of stoic, you know, like as if he's there to take a photo with us kind of plan, you know, something like funny like that. Looking at our phones, not caring. So. Yeah, and we literally walk in and they're like, cool, stand right there. He throws like these, like this feeble attempt at like posing with us. They snap He gave us photo. the limpest wristed like Bear, like group hug situation yep. he did like, not, so dude, not, he did not give a shit yeah and then they literally like cool your photos at that table go and get out of here and we're like what the hell jeff goes to shake his hand like hey big fan he gives jeff the super lip fish like one finger handshake and then it was done four hours of waiting for four seconds of interaction that was literally like thanks for the money bros catch you later and the photo was terrible we didn't have any chance to interact with the guy or even have any kind of a notable experience outside of pure anger <laughs> needs to be said that me tyler i i hate waiting in lines i can't even stand like if there's one car in line at like a fast food restaurant or something like that i will leave to another i'll drive 15 minutes across town to, to a different fast food restaurant granted i don't eat fast food so that's a bad example but yeah and this was the mother of all weights for the worst interaction it could not have gone worse if you can imagine uh lewis black's character from inside out the little red anger guy whose head lights on fire when he screams that was my brain i literally thought my head was going to explode i was so angry <laughs> i thought granted this is around the time that Jason Momoa, who is Hawaiian, was participating in those protests in Hawaii about Absolutely. The, the, yep. the oil pipeline and or whatever, what or the mountain, uh, the sacred mountain. Um, and Warner Brothers basically, and his agent basically forced him to leave that, to come to this Comic-Con in San Jose to take a bunch of pictures. And he was, and they clearly, this Comic-Con, I'm going to just, I'm coming out for you, San Jose Comic-Con was not a very good Comic-Con. It was almost exclusively centered around the meeting celebrities. They had almost no real comic talent there, no writers, no artists. I mean, they did have that, but it was more cover artists. It just, it wasn't, it wasn't, it was more about merchandise and celebrities than it was about comic books, which is frustrating to me. Jason Momoa clearly got overbooked. They clearly oversold the tickets to the photo op and the autograph sessions. And so they were bringing him back and forth. So it took way long. So on top of him not wanting to have left his homeland so he could participate in this protest that was extremely important to him, then they're just overbooking him and making him sit and autograph all these and take pictures with all these nerds. And then... We get there, and it's just it's the perfect storm yeah, of a guy who storm. really hates waiting in lines. Well, I mean, <laughs> and, and then they literally stop us as we're about to enter to go to get the photo taken and then make us wait another hour. That was insane. So I'm pretty sure I looked the lady who was managing the crowd dead in the eyes and said, 
I'm I going to fucking shit. <laughs> and she was just like, what? <laughs> yeah, so just to eject you, I have a thought there. Well, so I, there's one point in reflecting about the story that I, I don't remember if you guys remember this, but we were next in line when we walked in. He was taking photos with someone else. Someone else had some kind of like VIP pass and they got to get in before. So they had been like forgotten. And when we walk in, they were taking a photo and he had like fake hillbilly teeth in. And they like took the photo and he was like, they started to walk away. He's like, wait, 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 they might not want that. Come back. And he took like a big picture. And I was like, cool. Like this guy's. And then for him to be a fucking corpse that he was with He's like, us. Oh, you guys aren't VIPs. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, I'll take a yeah. photo with fucking hillbilly teeth. Like, what the? Like, give us some yeah, goddamn that personality. Would be better than what we had. <laughs> yeah. So I do have to say, though, most impressive human I've ever stood next to. I've never been next to some. Stood next. No. Okay. Oh. <laughs> okay. Oh. <laughs> All right. All right. That was a good one. That was. I a appreciate good one. it. Um, I've never heard you describe me that way. <laughs> just he's so like tall and just I've never been next to a celebrity or like you know I'm one of those you know big I've never met Chris Hemsworth in person or The Rock like one of those just like giant humans before you know um, so I gotta say like when I first walked in I was like oh wow he really is just like uh, like made of stone like he's just a giant man it's yeah, pretty impressive so, so to kind of wrap this story up we don't blame Jason Momoa we're angry about the situation. We understand everything that was going on that was playing a factor. But Jason, you owe us a fucking beer. Let's go throw some axes. If and also, ever, if this fuck ever that gets guy. to you, no, and, I'm just yeah, kidding. and I'm boycotting Aquaman until you get your <laughs> shit together. <laughs> I guess, uh, true, Jeff, but... do you still have that picture? It's somewhere. Some... Will you? You'll have to take a picture of it and post it on the Instagram. Okay. So that anybody who's listening can uh, go we, check out we, our really bad should picture. Should we tag of him? Yes. Okay. Like he fucking gives a shit. <laughs> he doesn't. Yeah. He's not ever gonna listen to this. <laughs> I tagged Rosario Dawson in our Instagram post this week, and she didn't say shit. Uh, speaking of Rosario Dawson, Ahsoka Tana has made her live action debut in The Mandalorian. We're not gonna talk about the whole episode, but uh, Brian, did you ever watch any of the Clone Wars animated show? No. All right, Jeff. What do you think? Did you watch it? Of course. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was an interesting take on. I feel like there's a lot coming out about her, you know, after episode three, like her whereabouts. So I'm curious how it all lines up with Rebels, with um, the the final season of the Clone Wars, and how that all fits in with where the Mandalorian sits. But um, I thought Rosario Dawson did great. I, I, I think that uh, what Rosario? Oh wait, wait. The Mandalorian is after episode six. It's after the fall of the Empire. Right, but the Clone Wars ended at episode three. And that's right. where... And I was saying, there's a lot that's coming out now about yeah, what... Yeah, this is like 30 years afterwards, right? Right. Like, this is long time. But let's talk about just specifically Rosario Dawson's performance. I don't want to get like super into the story. Sure. Like, What did you think of her interpretation of the character? I mean, without getting too many spoilers, I thought that final fight scene was a little bit of a letdown. Um but uh yeah the lightsaber choreography it was very like you know what it was it was like ghost of tsushima very slow like it felt like samurais fighting in an old like uh kurosawa movie like it was like they started fighting and i was like why wouldn't she just use her force powers like this person's not force sensitive and can't do anything to stop the force and they've already proven Uh, that ahsoka still has her force powers by moving the pebbles so that's literally every Star Wars lightsaber fight. Is <laughs> they crim- criminally underuse the Force? I don't understand it. Like I would be using that shit so much more. 
Um, but real quick, I'm just going to take it away from you, Jeff, because you keep going, try trying to go into the story. I thought Rosario Dawson, when they first announced that she was being cast, I was like, perfect. She's exactly correct. And I thought that her, like the, the image that she cut of Ahsoka was like perfect. Like I, she looked in the face. I posted a side-by-side picture of the animated series and, and Rosario Dawson. And like, she, you couldn't have picked a person who looked more like I almost feel like they based the animated character on Rosario Dawson's face or something it like she looks exactly right for me and I thought it was really cool to see her there cool to see white lightsabers in canon that was sick um and uh yeah I, I'm, I'm gonna let us move on from that real quick last piece of news before we get into our main topic um rest in peace to David Prowse the man in the costume of Darth Vader in the original trilogy. You died. Rest in peace. Uh, real quick story about him. Do you guys know anything about his... His? Have you guys watched any of the behind-the-scenes stuff before they cut James Earl Jones's voice into the, the movies? Some of it. David Prowse thought that his voice was going to be used as the character for Darth Vader. And if you go and watch, like he's really throwing all of his acting weight into that character. And he sounds like me trying to be well, actually his voice is less deep than mine. I think I, my voice is relatively deep and I, David Prowse did not have a very deep voice. It sounded pretty silly to hear him um, as Darth Vader. And when he, he didn't know that they were going to overdub him with another actor until he was at the world premiere in 1977 and he's there with his family watching and James Earl Jones's voice comes through and he's like, what the fuck? They, what the fuck is this shit? He's like, wow, I sound great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's so funny to me. I think that that's so mean. George Lucas kind of handled things in a silly way in those original movies. Um, so anyway, rest in peace to you, David Prowse. Uh, you did a good job as a giant uh, man throwing a sword around. All right. This week, we're talking about our favorite video games. Um, who wants to start? I mean, I, there's not a lot of lead-in to that. I mean, we talk about video games. We all like video games. Jeff is probably the biggest gamer here. Um, but then, uh, yeah. So anyway, I want to talk about it so that we can kind of get that out of the way and have a frank discussion about, you know, the games we like to play. Jeff, sure. do you want to go first or... Yeah, I mean, I, I don't. It's going to be tough for me to pick uh, a personal favorite video game. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of franchises out there that I think uh, deserve to be talked about in this conversation. Um, I mean, if we're talking about nostalgia, I would probably say like my well, favorite maybe. video game that my favorite video game experience would probably be like Kingdom Hearts Two Final Mix. Um, well, why don't we? Why don't we do? why don't we break it down into categories, right? Like you sure. can talk about like our favorite games from growing up, our favorite games. We could even talk about like favorite games on different consoles that we've played on. Um, I mean, I'm just trying to have a discussion of video games and I mean, it's going to be a little bit difficult with you, Jeff, because you've played so many that Brian and I haven't played. Right. But then again, I've played probably a lot that the other two haven't played. So um, I guess I'm just trying to have a frank discussion. So yeah, Jeff. So maybe just talk about you know what your what like some of your favorite games. Sure. Maybe just give us a few. Sure. Uh, so like I said, Kingdom Hearts two. Uh, 
and and while the PS2 version is great, they, they actually improved it with the the final mix. If you're not familiar with Square Enix, they will go back and remaster their own games and add in content. Uh, Kingdom Hearts 2 adds uh, a specific element where after you beat the storyline, you can go back and you can do what is called data fights, which is you get to go back and fight each of the members of Organization 13 um, as many times as you would like, and they're all level 99, and it's like the most difficult bosses, and it's extremely rewarding trying to beat all of them. Um, extremely fun. Uh, if you guys haven't, if you guys are looking for a, a piece of nostalgia and you play Kingdom Hearts 2, Kingdom Hearts 2 Final Mix is an incredible experience. Um, I, I gotta say, one of my favorite gaming experiences of all time has to be Black Ops 2, Nazi Zombies. I, I think that is an incredible co-op experience. I would say that's my favorite experience playing with other people. Uh, PS4 Spider-Man, I, I think, is one of my favorite games. I mean, obviously, we've got to talk about GTA 5, or at least Grand Theft Auto Online. I think is probably the best game ever made, um, because of its versatility. Interesting. Uh, I think the. Well, let's jump in there, Brian. I know that you really like that game. We're talking as about well. Grand Theft Auto. Yep. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I can argue with it being the most, um, you know, kind of complete. Experience. You know, like if we're talking about just in general best game of all time, and not just like my personal favorite game of all time, Grand Theft Auto is probably the one that. I can't make much of an argument against because there's just so much you can do. It's like, you know, it's just such a fun experience whether, whether you, you know, like racing, whether you like gun shootouts, whether you like just like the concept of being in like a, like a, like a sim life or whatever experience. Like I think it offers so much versatility and so much like replayability. The main storyline is really well made. Like it's just an incredibly made game. So I would say best game of all time. It's gotta be way up there. Yeah, I mean, I, I I haven't really played a lot of it. I played through some of the story, and I thought it was a great game. Um, but maybe maybe we can go back to Kingdom Hearts 2, because I know that that's a game that the three of us... When Kingdom Hearts 1 first came out, I remember hearing about it and being interested in it, and I think Brian. I got... I, I, I mean, Brian, they got it. One of the three of us got really into it, and... Um, the, the rest of us when Kingdom Hearts 1 came out like we just I remember we spent like a month or all of a summer just going through and switching off and playing along the same save file and it being like one of the first like gaming experiences that the three of us got really into together and so you know that's prob probably one of the bummers for me that I didn't really love Kingdom Hearts 3 is because you know I loved Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2 so much because of what it was for us you know as brothers um but yeah kingdom hearts like that that first story like it really grabbed us i think at that time because of like that emotional impact that it has you know it's a, a teenager kind of lost and then getting pulled into this exciting new world and, it ties in everything from you know, your real childhood where it's disney and you know there's just this added element of you know the final fantasy style characters that yeah, i thought it was dope to be you know, fighting alongside Donald and Goofy, and to be honest with you, sorry to kind of hijack your, <clears throat> your narrative there, but um, it was the first game I remember where your side characters that are with you were actually impacting fights. Like, you know, you, like you're fighting a boss, and you're like, oh my god, I'm about to die, I'm one way hit away from death, and then all of a sudden Donald hits you with a cure spell from across the arena, and you're like, let's go, we're back in it, boys, and you're just like, oh like, yeah. You're like running away you're about from to die, the bro. fight in the Coliseum and, then, and you're like trying to avoid. Goofy throws a freaking potion at you and you're like, oh baby, and you just jump right back in. Like 
that was so fun. And so absolutely, I would say the first or second one, even the second one, I think really kind of carried the torch. It's only really the third one that I think maybe it just honestly, more than anything, I would say they just waited too long. Like it took too long for them to produce it and it, and it killed it. Well, and it required you to um, have played like the Game Boy versions and all the other like side games because there's just so much lore that is built into that third one that it's just sort of like, I don't know who these characters are. I don't understand why this is happening. You know, I don't, I, I really struggled with uh, a lot of that. Um, what once you get into the organizations, uh, the Honest Trailers guys do a really good breakdown of that world where it's like, this guy is this guy's nobody who's using this other guy's name, who's actually this guy's nobody, who's actually this guy's heartless, who's actually this and that and this, and it's just like it gets so complex that it's just sort of like, what is going? What is happening here? It's it's really crazy, and it's such a huge world that. I think that it was easy to miss out on a lot of things. Yeah, I would make my case that Kingdom Hearts 1 is the one that I, I think is awesome just from a game. Like, not as much from the mechanic standpoint. I think they upgraded that in game number two. Uh, and then they went way too far with it in game number three, which I'm not going to spend all my time hating on game number three. But uh, game number one, I think, just from like like the way it makes you feel was amazing. You're like going through Tarzan and Alice in Wonderland and then Peter Pan's world. And like everything was just hitting like every world you were stoked like and i can remember like as the worlds were revealing themselves you're like dude what's the next one it's got to be aladdin it's got to be Aladdin. oh my god it's aladdin like we're going to aladdin's world and then all of a sudden you got freaking genie coming to help you in fights like that was sick and they totally got away from that like as the series went on which was disappointing because that was why we hung in in the first place i also really liked like the different costumes every time you go to a different world like you become a different version of sora like you have this disguise going on so that you fit into the world and i really liked all of that all the different heartless on the different worlds was really cool um being able to be like okay well do i want to use this keyblade right now because it's better in this world or do i like do I want to switch Goofy out for Tarzan or do I, do I want to have, um, you know, Donald in here because do we need more magic or, you know, it was, it was kind of, it, it really made you think about the way that you built out your team and also like what you were carrying into different fights. It was kind of our first foray into like this, like building out your own repertoire and adding different things to help you out and making sure you had enough potions before you got into a battle and things like that. It was the first time I'd ever really experienced that. And I thought that that was all really cool. So yeah, those first two kingdom hearts games are incredible. It worth, worth prefacing any, any further conversation on any games by saying that we're all uh, PlayStation lifers here. That's right. Um, because you know, I like my wife sitting downstairs is, is was until we got, you know, together, hardcore xbox and would be if she was on this one talking until she was blue in the face about halo and all those I'm not going to hear a whole lot of um xbox exclusive game conversation here because you know we're just all you know built from the uh the playstation one cloth and and just been playstation playstation the whole way so just you know yeah maybe temper temper expectations there yeah that's a good point because yeah i don't i i mean i had an xbox 360 but even when i was playing that i didn't play any of the xbox exclusive style games i played games that i remembered from playstation or that were you know um across the different platforms uh so yeah i want to jump in real quick and say that my favorite video game of all time excuse me my favorite video game of all time is actually skate 3 um, I really love the skate video games and I'm really glad that EA is coming out with that uh, fourth one finally 
I'll be excited to play that. That's probably going to be the main driving force for when I get a PS5 is when Skate 4 comes out. Um, but yeah, and then uh, my other favorite game probably of all time is Shadow of the Colossus, which we talked about a couple weeks ago because Brian had just finally beat the remastered version that they released for PS4. Um, but that game just is another one of those ones where when it came out, I think Brian went and bought it and uh, the three of us just got really, really into this like this sort of. I don't even know if you can call it like the story didn't really like I still don't really understand what was going on except for that you're trying to save a dead woman or something. Oh, you're talking about Shadow Colossus? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Your girlfriend dies or your wife dies or whoever and you go to the for, you go to the Forbidden Lands um, because, you know, there's this ancient spirit that's been trapped there that is rumored or legend tells has the ability to bring her back to life and you go interact with him and he says i can but you need to kill these 16 colossi that are imprisoning the pieces of my soul and as you kill them it releases him you know and, and that's how it unfolds so you're literally working with an evil guy on purpose it's kind of the anakin skywalker trope of like you're doing it for a a, a good purpose but you're still going bad you know yeah. what i mean the yeah path to hell paced with good intentions um yeah, I mean, I think uh, Shadow of the Colossus paves the way for, like, the entire Dark Souls, Soulsborne franchise, which I love. And if you love uh, Shadow of the Colossus, I think you would love Dark Souls. I don't know why Tyler and Brian haven't gotten into it yet. Um, that is their I haven't gotten into it because everybody just talks about how hard it is. And that Shit, got I just like... played for an hour the other day, and the whole time I just kept dying and then having to, like run back like willy-nilly to go pick up all the shit that it makes you drop it feels like a playstation version of runescape i'm just gonna uh throw that out here i might be the first take on that but it is the playstation version of runescape for wait which game brian dark souls oh you you've started playing it we played it like a week and a half ago or two weeks ago and i, I was i was not sold um interesting it's runescape bro it's shadow of the colossus but uh with more context but but similar to the shadow colossus it's got the same kind of uh non-linear form of storytelling it's not like people someone a narrator sits there and says i need you to go do this because this and find out this information it's literally just there's people in front of you and you fucking kill them and there's people behind them and you go kill them too um yeah you're just kind of a nameless soldier that wanders through the lands killing people and, and if you don't actively go out and talk to people then you won't find out anything other than uh than what is explicitly told to you. So it's very easy to run through all three games and, and even Demon Souls and, and Bloodborne without really understanding what you're doing and still having an incredible experience, just like with Shadow Colossus. Yeah, I've heard that it's really good and people who do play it like really like it. I know there's, I mean, it's Dark Souls and um, Bloodborne and all that, like that, whoever that developer is, that's the same developer, from, right? From software, yeah. And uh, I know that people really love um, those games and to the point that now they've like they call it a souls like or whatever which is yeah. that style of like really difficult but rewarding combat yeah. um, so I know that you know people really like it I just haven't you know I, my my amount of time that I have to, to put into video games now is just so limited that I have to be really picky about the games that I am playing and uh, yeah lately we've been trying to play games we talked about Dead by Daylight um I mean, I think it's interesting to, I mean, it's worth talking about, um, you know, games like those the, lately, the main games that people have been playing are games like Fortnite, which I know the three of us got into or, um, 
what was the other one apex legends that sort of yeah. i don't even know what do you call Warzone. that kind battle, of royale. battle royale yeah that's right yeah a battle royale style game um i know that the three of us have played them but they're not really necessarily our favorite types i think that for me my favorite type of game is like a third person adventure you know um i really loved horizon zero dawn uh i've talked about the batman arkham series i really love those games um so yeah those are kind of i like exploring yeah, I mean, those kinds of at, worlds I mean, if you look at like the, the some of the most popular games on throughout the consoles i mean you got Grand Theft Auto Five, skyrim the batman arkham series spider-man god of war assassin's creed uncharted all of those kind of fit that you know third person uh adventure action adventure rpg uh most of those or at least a lot of those are as the consoles have gotten more powerful free roam or open world as they're called um and I think that is probably the most popular uh, genre that breeds really, really expansive and awesome gaming experiences. And I think that when a game is popular enough to that breaks outside of that mold, like I think one of the greatest achievements in video gaming is like Rocket League. The fact that it's just cars driving around and yet it's so mechanically challenging to actually be good at the game. The, the, the limits that humans have pushed their ability to fly cars through the air at specific angles and hit these balls in incredible ways that makes it so difficult to block, um, I think it's incredible with how simplistic of a concept it is. Right, yeah, and Rocket League is another game that is really fun to play as a group. I mean, that that's part of the excitement of it. I mean, we could talk about that idea of a multiplayer game that is challenging and is competitive i mean it comes from um you know us all getting together and playing the james bond um the james bond agent what, agent under fire yeah agent under fire or what's the big one golden eye golden eye Golden Eye yeah. was a blast that multiplayer was freaking amazing exactly so like playing those kinds of games like or like super smash brothers or even, uh, you know, the game that we said we weren't going to talk about, like play going over to a friend's house and all playing Halo together. Um, you know, Rocket League kind of carries that torch of being like a game that you can play with your friends, uh, you know, online, uh, you know, from really far away. Or the three of us in different, all in different states can all jump on and play Rocket League together. And it's, it's exciting and it's fun. And, you know, those kinds of games are really popular right now because... It's, a, it's really the only way to play games together now, right, is to do things like that because all of those action-adventure RPG games are not uh, multiplayer. You know, you're not jumping into Batman Arkham City and all playing different people in the Bat family and fighting together or whatever. Not yet. Right? Gotham so. Knights on its way. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know if I'm sold on that game. I'll have to see some more gameplay as I, it gets I closer think, to release. I think the action RPG genre is actually moving towards some kind of, like, Dread the Auto online uh you know was able to bring that experience and i think that was also a, an incredible achievement but i've already said i think that's the greatest game of all time so um but i mean god of war when they did god of war ascension had an online component uncharted has an online component um, this, this is just speculation here and sorry to cut you off but um i feel like grand theft auto online has shown I don't know, somewhat of a roadmap for something a little bit more sustaining. I mean, like one of the big problems with these games is like, like their online bases like come and go so quick. You know what I mean? Like, name another game like Grand Theft Auto Online where the where the player base has stuck around long term. 
You know what I mean? Like they all tend to like bounce to the next big thing after a while. Looks like Fortnite kind of had something going where they were like rolling out these crazy updates and doing stuff super unpredictable to keep people like wanting to come back and see what was going on. But even that didn't last longer than what a year or two before it started to kind of to be honest not the, be the only game big of a conversation the only game that really comes to mind that can really compete or even uh overshadow Agatha Thrones online is you know an MMORPG like World of Warcraft um RuneScape right? yeah, yeah sure or RuneScape yeah. um I don't know, I think Grand Theft Auto Online, the fact that it doesn't have a subscription-based model, the fact that it's it's made so much, it's made so much money based on people just consensually spending money to get money in-game, while at the same time, you don't have to. I mean, I've played that game on PC, I've got like a level 70 character on PC, I've got like a level 40 character on PS4, and I've never spent a dime more than the physical copy of the game then they have so many different events where if you log in between these weeks you get a million dollars, or if you do link this account to this account you get another million dollars and um sure there is a lot of ways that you can spend your money in that game but if you just actually enjoy playing it you make money pretty damn easily and so it doesn't feel like anything's hidden behind a paywall specifically like sure someone who wants to spend their hard-earned money can get ahead in that game but it's not like they are having access to something that you aren't just because they're spending money they're just getting it sooner and i, I think that uh yeah, it's, it's an incredible achievement. Yeah, so Fortnite, you know, was one that I wanted to talk about a little bit because, you know, as far as, like, going viral and kind of catching that steam, you know, obviously we've seen some other games, like even more recently Fall Guys and Among Us just kind of get that internet steam going and suddenly everyone's playing it for, like, two or three months. And, and that's fun and everything. Fortnite was definitely one of the first... Well, I don't know if one of the first is really fair to say, but definitely was one of the biggest of that kind of theme. Um, it was definitely the game that fun. really captured like cultural attention in a way that i'd never seen before right and more it than anything like for me everybody like, you knew was playing it right right yeah and more than anything it was like the thing that you could just like hit up everybody and be like cool we're all jumping on to play together you yeah, know to the point that it was like people would be jumping on and trying to play with us and we'd be like sorry there's not enough people in the party you know yeah I mean? we're because literally out so of room we already people. have four yeah and it's just like that was a blast while it lasted and i think the game's probably the same but it definitely was more like fad style than like long-term lasting um the one i wanted to bring up uh that jeff and i play on occasion now and we're playing way more before was uh for honor uh just based on the combat system being really i, I would still argue still unique i haven't really seen anything like it um the way that it's kind of hard to describe here but the way that you block and the way that you swing you choose which side of your body your swings are coming from overhead you know from the right from the left and the same thing with playing defense you choose which way your block is going and if you're not blocking in the right direction or swinging in the right direction you're going to be ineffective um in what you're trying to do so like that's super fun um that one i think has a lot of uh, replayability because it's just like little matches just kind of like Fortnite, where you just jump in play a couple matches and you're done um they have a storyline but i don't remember that being very notable at all uh, compared to the online multiplayer just being an absolute blast of I combat. I think For Honor had a really interesting concept, and I think that it delivered on that to an extent, but I really want them to come out with a sequel, or maybe I need to jump back in, and maybe with the updates they've kind of changed things up. But... Please, let's play. Well, yeah. So much fun. I, if, you, if you've never played For Honor's one, though, I think we're all in agreement. It's, it's really fun. Yeah, I, I really liked it, and then fell off, and got rid of it but um 
maybe I'll jump back in because I did really like that game and I'm interested to see what they're up to now because I still see that people are playing it and it's got updates coming through all the time. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, is there anything, any other games? I mean, I have some disappointments that I wanted to talk about real quick. The only one of the ones I was going to mention, like Star Wars Battlefront, um, was really great for that same, like, like really early on, massive scale battle type, you know, like, man, so much going on. You can be over there doing this, and I can be over there doing that, and we're both just having a, a blast on the same battlefield without necessarily needing to interact with each other in order to make it fun. Right. So, uh, on that the first battlefront 2 from uh, what is that ps2 yeah, era 2005 i thought that game was like pretty much perfect back then i loved playing that game so much um the third person shooter style that it was was really awesome um and you know i mean obviously we've talked about this some huge star wars fans so being able to like inhabit that world and like i just i really i could i played that game so much when i was in college um, For those of you that you know, don't know, ten years ago, Star Wars Battlefront Two does have an online community on Steam. It's like five bucks, and you can actually play that game on PC. And I have it. it just people play. playing. Hit me up. Is that yeah. the one when you're doing really good, and you become the Jedi yeah. or whatever, and you can run around right. and cut yes. people down? Right. I mean, that shit same, is awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's the same as when, as the new Battlefronts. It's just, just the new ones aren't as good as the. You're original. just running out as a stormtrooper over and over again, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh crap. Luke Skywalker's here and there's just a green lightsaber just cutting through all your guys and you're just like everybody run <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah. that, that is a great game that sounds like fun yeah and I mean the newer Battlefronts were not as great I didn't like them as much they're fine um, but if we want to talk about Star Wars games we can jump in and I would talk about uh, Jedi Fallen Order um, which was somewhere between open world and on rails like there's a big open like big map and there's multiple ways to get to your location, it's, it's like but Kingdom you kind of have to follow. It's like Kingdom Hearts that? three. It's like Kingdom Hearts three, where you're in a exactly. world and you have a limited area to explore, but you have some level of exploration, some level of choice, but not much. Right, 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 right. And uh, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. Um, so yeah, I could jump in there. I wouldn't say that that was like the best game of that year. I think that that game. I think that was 2018, and that goes to uh, Spider-Man PS4, which I know Jeff played i really loved it um played it multiple times all the way through really liked the combat in that game i mean it was just arkham city but with spider-man and you're in new york instead of gotham um but yeah that was really great again like i don't have a lot to say on like those adventure rpgs just because you know you know what you're gonna get when you jump into them you know so i could just list off a bunch that i like but i don't know if that's gonna be interesting i'd rather more talk about games that we've all played and have you know an attachment to sure uh, um i mean I, I again i have my list so we've talked about batman arkham i, th I think the batman arkham uh series is I, like i kind of broke it down into consoles like you were saying if i'm looking at ps2 shadow colossus spider-man 2 for the ps2 is incredible but i think that's kind of been overshadowed by the spider-man ps4 game and star wars battlefront 2 were the ones that came to mind if you want to talk about the ps3 the batman arkham franchise is just quintessential um, Nazi Zombies also comes to mind with World of War and then uh, with it being overshadowed by uh, uh, Black Ops 2. Assassin's Creed was another huge, huge Assassin's Creed uh, experience, not just Odyssey, but I think they had really, really strong entries up until Black, uh, Black Flag. And after that, I think this franchise kind of fell off and I think Odyssey or Origins and then Odyssey was a really good uh, retelling. 
Um, return to form. Return to form. So I will say this. Their online um, kind of like Assassin's Kill and Assassin's thing was fun. Yeah. Like I, I think they, they could do more with that, to be completely honest with you. What was that one? That was Brotherhood? So it was they, – they had that in Assassin's Creed Brotherhood. They had Assassin's Creed uh, – uh, they had that all the way up to Assassin's Creed 3. And I believe Assassin's Creed Rogue had it too. Like it was in four or five different franchises where it was very similar game modes. And then Unity tried a cooperative experience, but Unity was generally hated. Um, but yeah, it was it was Templars in a VR uh, killing Templars. Um, but yeah, it was, it was extremely fun. Really here's the here's the thing about those like i i've seen stuff that says that they're just kind of like reskinning the same game like for different cultures or whatever i'm gonna be honest with you like maybe it's that i'm not the most hardcore gamer of all time but that doesn't bother me at all because it's yeah. it's an it's they do a good enough job to where i'm able to like put my mind into that world and enjoy what i'm experiencing like the setting of Assassin's Creed Odyssey, like me being a big Greek mythology guy, I'm freaking loving it. Like I, I can just go and explore Athens all day long and, or like go up to a mountain peak nearby and just look out over this gorgeous landscape. You know, you can go to different islands, you can go to Sparta, you can go to like these places and just, you, and there's, and they do just a good enough job of like, you know, making it a different feel in each place and making you believe they spent years and years designing this thing and maybe they just reskin the same game. I don't know, but I got to tell you, seeing the trailer for Valhalla and just knowing how Odyssey has made me feel and, and you know how much I've enjoyed it, I can't wait to be a freaking Viking cutting people up and with my axe. Game's out. And... I know, but I'm I'm wait I'm waiting to uh, to buy a PS5 and I'm just kind of waiting until after the holidays and all this frenzy's over. Yeah, that makes sense. But that that'll probably be my first PS5 game that I that I go through right now. I'm just kind of trying to wrap up my PS4 games by playing through some of the storylines that I had backlogged and and uh, trying to justify the expenditure at the moment. Anyone so who's on, bought a PS5, let us know how it is. <laughs> so on that point, um, that's Ubisoft, right? Ubisoft that does yep. those? Yeah. So they also did uh, Lord of the Rings games called, uh, what is it? Shadow of Mordor and then Shadow of War, I think is what, how it went. Um, uh, no. And no, uh, the Shadow of Mordor was made by the Batman Arkham uh, games. It's Warner Brothers. It's uh, oh, is that right? It's not right. Ubisoft. It's not Ubisoft. Oh well, it's basically just Assassin's Creed, but with in in Middle Earth. It's pretty awesome, and but it, it is basically just like the exact same combat style. Um, you know, go to different areas, ride different animals around the area, and. You're sneaking around, stabbing people in the back, and it's it's just Assassin's Creed, but in Mordor, it's pretty cool. I like that game quite a lot. Um, I want to talk about some disappointing games. Sure. I want to talk about uh, first uh, Destiny. I remember when that game was first announced uh, was when I was in college, and I was like, okay, this is gonna be sick. I even got like a PS3 or PS4. I think it was PS4 specifically to get destiny like that was what i wanted to play and when it came out i was pretty disappointed because i spent 60 bucks and beat the whole story mode within you know a few days and then they announced that they were releasing the the ps or the the first dlc within like the first month and it was going to be another 20 bucks and i remember being like it feels like you released half of a game and then are going to charge me to play the rest of it like I already spent 60 bucks on this and you want me to spend more money to get 
the other half of this game. Like, I don't understand. And I was really disappointed. Granted, when Destiny 2 came out, I felt like they would kind of rectified that. And it felt like I was playing like a full game with a very epic story and characters I could grab onto. And I understood the world that was I was in. And I really liked that. Um, Brian, I don't know. Did you ever play Destiny? I played. Uh, it didn't really grab me. Um, but, I, you know, I think it's a great game. Um, don't really have much of an opinion on it other than, you know, that if it didn't grab me, I'm not going to be sold on it as like a top game. You know what I mean? Uh, it'd be hard for me to advocate it being anything more than just a decent entry. So I really liked it. I liked the even I even bought the DLC for the first one and played all the way through and I really liked it. Destiny 2, I played for like years. I really liked that game. It's still going. People are still playing the DLC on it. I mean, as far as like a first person shooter, um, it's really great. Riding the sparrows around was really fun. You basically get your own Star Wars speeder bike to travel the maps in, which is really awesome. Um, it was just, it was, it's a lot of fun. Those games are a lot of fun. Um, another really big disappointment for me was Anthem, um, which was an EA shooter where you're basically an Iron Man suit traveling around a world. It's like Destiny and Iron Man put together and it was really cool looking and when they announced that first gameplay uh, or released that first gameplay footage at E3 like years and years ago I was so excited about it and then I pre-ordered it and when it came out it was shitty it was so shitty and the load times were so long and this is something that I've been noticing a lot is as these video games become such a prestige format um, a lot of hype gets built around them and then uh the studios um maybe it's a little bit over ambitious like the ideas that they have for it when they're making it a massive multiplayer game or um something like that they kind of rush it and then they put out a game that's unfinished with the intention of updating it throughout the you know throughout its lifetime but the thing is if you're releasing a game that's not quite finished people are not going to stick around and wait for you to to put out the rest of the game you know what i mean and that's one of the worries that i've had with cyberpunk which is why i'm like um, I'm okay with them continuing to push back the release date on it because I would rather have a game that really works when they release it than a game that's going to need constant updates to fix it. I mean, there's there's tons of articles out there talking about the, the, the work environment that goes into developing these games. Basically, games just kind of sit on the shelf with one or two people in the project leads that are you know fleshing out the storyboards and fleshing out the, the conceptual uh, aspect of the game. But then once the studio finishes whatever AAA rated blockbuster they put out, then they put the funding and development team behind developing a game. And those people work 60 hours a week uh, pushing out these you know, games, coding as fast as they can and developing as best they can. Um, and a lot of details kind of get left by the wayside if, if the game isn't given the time it takes. And, and you'll see a lot of the uh, pain that comes with development is whenever... Uh, improvements are made to the industry. So like jumping from PS3 to PS4, every single launch title for the PS4 was ridiculed because it wasn't ready because they suddenly had to develop better games to utilize these better consoles and they didn't, then the funding wasn't there to make that jump. Uh, and that's where you get like Assassin's Creed Unity with its <laughs> horrible bugginess. Um, yeah, and, and that's kind of a shame. That's what a lot of people are afraid of for PS5 titles right now is um, I mean, they seem to be pretty solid, but um, that's because they were not made for PS5 specs. They were just PS4 games that were launched on PS5s with better loading times. 
Right. And you know, I, I you constantly hear about these ga- these smaller game studios basically being shut down because they put everything they have into making a game and then when the game comes out they literally have no money to stay open and so they're like they put out this like extra huge game and then they're basically bought by one of the bigger companies that can afford to absorb them and then they just you know strip all the people off of the company and just take the ip from them and then put their own teams on top of it and that's because of that exact same thing that you're talking about jeff like they're putting in these 60 hour work weeks without you know sleeping and they're not getting paid as much as they deserve to be getting paid to be doing this because you're talking about a bill like multi-billion dollar industry you know these video games like video games are making more money than movies make you know they're they're such huge releases and so many people are playing them that you know it's a it's a shame that the people who are actually developing the games are kind of getting kicked to the wayside and not getting the respect they deserve yeah um but yeah, I mean, is there any Brian? Did you have any other games that you wanted to bring up? I know that you're really into a lot of the sports games. Are there any ones that like you've been playing lately, or any ones that you um, specifically can like say or some of your favorites? I will say, I mean, just to go through my sports right now. In baseball, it's been a couple of years. I, I really feel like I've never really seen a whole lot of change with it. I don't know how much change can be made other than graphical improvements and mechanical improvements. But as far as the game goes, sports can be limited in that way, and that. It's, you're producing the same thing in a newer version over and over again. You can't really innovate too much. Although I will say with Madden, my approach has always been um, I'll wait, you know, I'll play the same game and then every couple of years they'll roll out like a big, like new mode or, you know, something major. And that's when I re-up with the new game, like every three or four years. Um, my most recent one was a Madden 2020. Um, and I'll probably wait till, you know, I see a couple come out really to try to get another one uh nba 2k 11 i think was the one that was the jordan michael jordan version that one was freaking awesome they rolled out a whole mode where uh you know you get to play as michael like at the beginning of his career and like you got to go through like his most celebrated moments where he's hitting buzzer beaters and taking out some of the greatest teams in history and like you play through a whole series where you're facing magic johnson and the lakers that shit was awesome like and then when you beat that mode you get to be Michael Jordan at the beginning of his career, except for you get to pick what franchise you go to. So you can like right. take in, Jordan to the modern Clippers. Right. Yeah. You could take him to the New York Knicks and you just got Michael Jordan as a rookie and you play through his whole career with, with MJ's abilities on the freaking Knicks, like whatever you want to do. You know, I thought that game was an absolute blast. Uh, we have a, a more recent version. We're at 2k 20, right Jeff? The one yep. that we play and they have a pretty cool online mode where you can go out to the playgrounds um, and play, uh, you know, no argument here being made for that being the greatest game of all time, but it's, you know, or my favorite game ever, but you know, they're an absolute blast for sports games. I think they're fun. You get to create your own player and add stats to them. Play, you play in the regular uh, NBA and you can be a star, but then you go out to the playground and you're kind of mediocre or even bad uh, against other players because they've been spending way too many hours or, or way too much money souping their guy up. But Jeff and I have a blast with it. He's got this little midget point guard and I'm like a, a shooting guard and, and we hold our own. Say but midget. I, I made my character sorry. My, sorry, my sorry, actual height in real Small life. Guy. So I'm, I'm a five foot eight character. <laughs> yeah, which is terrible for NBA. Uh, my guy's like, you know, six, six and, and, you know, carries this, but, uh, you know, sometimes we'll play guys that are level 99 and cause there's no limit on how good of the players are that you play. So they'll just be like getting every rebound and hitting every three. And, but we still find ways to have fun. You know, all of a sudden I hit him on the cutting 
drive and he hits a layup over a seven footer and we're like oh my god he got the layup off uh, or we'll win a game and we'll just go crazy but um those games are a blast as, as far as sports games go that's kind of my approach i just wait till i see one that has made something like a major change to their game and not just graphical improvements or little improvements to the way that you tackle or you know whatever uh, because at that point you're just buying an updated version of the same game um other games i wanted to throw out um and i know we're coming up on time here uh, just to mention them because they're known as some of the greatest games ever would be uh, genres like, um, you know, the Zelda games. You know, obviously we're not really talking about anything other than PS, uh, PlayStation, but the Mario games, um, Skyrim is one that we've briefly mentioned, but haven't given enough time to, you know, haven't done enough up justice with. Uh, probably worth mentioning here in the, in the final minutes. Yeah, Skyrim was great. It's so there's there's a medium there's somewhere in the middle that i i really love where skyrim was good but it's so big and there's so many different things that like you could just accident like you don't know when like i'd actually i'd be like going into someone's house and then i'd see something and be like oh and i'd pick it up and they would be like you're a thief and then now that whole village is chasing you and then you forget about that because you travel all the way across the world then you come back to that village and then everybody's stabbing you and shit and you're like what the fuck is going on here um and like it just it was so big like it's such a big world that that game exists in that it, i really struggled with like being able to keep my attention on it for as long as i needed to to be able to get through the full story and that's kind of what i struggled with with a lot of games these days is um, when you make that world too big, Red Dead Redemption 2, that's a game that everybody loved, but I was like, fuck, this is boring. You know, I jump on for an hour and that whole hour is me tr riding a horse from one location to the next. And then I'm like, okay, well, I got to put the game down because I got to get, get started on some work or something. And I'm never able to finish Red Dead 2, you know? And I, I think that Skyrim really fell into that where it was just there's so much to do or to be done in that game that I really had a hard time staying with it. Staying with it. I mean, you guys, I think you both finished it, right? Skyrim? Yeah. Well, I mean, finished the main story or whatever. Yeah. I, I, I know Jeff probably has a couple times maybe, but um, I I played through the whole thing. Um, I, had, I went through the route of trying to join that Werewolf Brotherhood that – that game's pretty amazing for what it is. I, I was having a blast with it. I, I definitely haven't gone back for a whole lot of replayability because it feels like so much. But definitely, you know, an absolutely fantastic game. Hopefully they come out with a sequel for PS5 that's just amazing. Yeah, they are right now, right? Yeah, well, I mean, it's called, like, Skyrim is the fifth game of its franchise. Bethesda has constantly got games to work. Although, I don't know if it's going to be coming out for PS5 because didn't Microsoft buy Bethesda, Jeff? Yeah, yep. Yep, Microsoft just bought, or not just, a couple, like three months ago, bought Bethesda, the company that makes Fallout and uh, and the Elder Scrolls franchise, for $7 billion. So the chances of yeah. the next What's Elder it? Scrolls game coming out. Yeah. Right. Well, I think that they'll probably do that thing where they, you know, because Sony makes the Spider-Man games. Oh, I guess. But Miles Morales is cross-console, right? But the original no. one was just called Spider-Man PS4. No. Miles, Have they Miles released Morales it to, to Xbox yet? Miles Morales is exclusive. Oh, interesting. To PS4. I, I guess I didn't. Same I didn't with know. God of yeah, Santa Monica Studios that makes the God of War franchise is also owned by Sony, and it's also a PS4 exclusive. Interesting. I didn't know that. Um, 
well hopefully bethesda or they keep making the the skyrim games and all those fallout games for every console because that would be pretty shitty if you had to buy an xbox just to be able to play the next skyrim game or elder scrolls game excuse me um but yeah i mean that's something to like are you guys into the massive open worlds maybe we can wrap it up with this Jeff. yeah i mean i i absolutely i mean i have skyrim for the ps3 i've got it for the ps4 i've also got it for my nintendo switch um I, I love the open world concept. I, I love um, playing them. I, I, the, the concept of being able to just kind of roam around freely. And, and I mean, I will say Skyrim, like I've mentioned on other podcasts, I like to play games where I complete as many of the side quests as I possibly can um, before progressing the storyline. And that wasn't really a possibility with Skyrim because there are just so many side quests. Um, well, you'll just be like traveling through the countryside and you'll be like, oh, that there's like an outcropping of rocks right here. And it looks like there's a cave and then you'll dip in there and it's just like a full bandit yeah. dungeon. You that you're like six hours running through this. Cave. Yeah. yeah. And you're like hiding, you're like trying to like run away from them because there's way more than you got you were expecting and they're way higher level than you are. And that's that, the same like, thing with uh, Assassin's Creed these days. It's just open world. And like if you're just running in a straight line, you're going to run across a bandit cap or a uh, camp or a family of bears or uh, you know, an uh, army a fort- encampment, a that fortress. Like yeah, yeah, like, and, and all of a sudden, you find that you have not touched a, a storyline mission in hours, and you know, you've gone on this crazy adventure where suddenly you're like hanging onto the side of this fortress, hoping they don't see you because you're about to die or something. Like, yeah, like yeah. absolute. I, I would argue those are my favorite because of the amount of variety that you can experience every time you log in. Grand Theft Auto. We were just having an absolute blast doing a bunch of stupid crap yesterday, and it's like there's just no like. There's no rails. There's no track that you're following. You just figure it out on your own, and every experience is different. I think that's a blast. I think I still have GTA Five. Maybe I'll re-download it onto my PS4 or yeah, PS4, and jump in on there with you guys one of these days. Yeah, we'll download it right after this, and we'll play today. Yeah. Um. Cool. Well, I think we can probably wrap it up with that. I mean, it was kind of a, a last-minute topic here because uh, I dropped the ball. But I think that we kind of dug into all the things that we like in gaming. That's kind of where we're at, and. I uh, I think that maybe uh, one of our next episodes, what we need to do is like jump into um, like a movie series. You know what I mean? Like maybe we do like all the Harry Potters and we talk about them as movies or something. You know what I mean? Or we pick or like maybe I think maybe we need to do like a focused episode that's kind of will have its own structure. You know what I mean? How about, I how wish... about Fantastic Beasts? You're going to make me watch those again? Um maybe yeah i I, we we can talk about it we can talk about it but i think maybe that's what we need to do we need to kind of jump into uh one of those in one of these episodes but for right now i think we did it i think we nailed it i'm gonna say follow us on instagram and twitter at clever kids pod um and uh let us know um what your favorite games are um any console any series any type of game tell us like a game that you think we missed out on or recommend us some games based on what you just heard us say are our favorites um, yeah we're all we're all playstation exclusive uh and switch yep brian and jeff both are on switch i i only have a ps4 so yeah let us know what games you like and also tell us about xbox games or nintendo games that you guys have played because you know that is a, a big hole in our lives that we haven't really played a lot of P- pc too now that i think about it we all have pc so yeah, I don't I don't yeah, I don't really use my PC for gaming, but you can tell my brothers what what games you think they should play on that as well. Um Yeah, we didn't yeah, even thanks. talk about the civilization games or Rome Total War. Yeah. 
Jeez, yeah, or like Age of Mythology. I could say Ooh. I lost so many hours to that game for sure growing up. Yeah, Age of Empires, those kind anyway. of like team building, whatever. I don't even know. Maybe we do that. our own conversation about PC at some other point. Yeah, maybe maybe way down, maybe way down the path because yeah. Anyway, um, well, yeah. Thanks for listening. Uh, like, subscribe, all of those things. Review us. I don't know. This isn't a YouTube video. I'm just re- <laughs> repeating shit I've heard YouTubers <laughs> say. <laughs> um, but yeah, rate rate our podcast. Um, follow us. Get in touch with us. We're gonna post that Jason Momoa picture. Tell us about a time that you met a celebrity that was either disappointing or really great. Um, I hear most people who have met Jason Momoa think that like that was like their best celebrity experience. We just happened to have catch him at the wrong time. Um, but yeah, um, anything else you guys got to say? No, no, nope. that's it. Yeah, that's it. That's it on our side. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, guys. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, guys.